Welcome to the Your Mom Has a Blog podcast. I'm Chad Edgington. And I'm Melissa Edgington. Man, I can see the finish line for May Madness. So close. Today's our 30th podcast in a row. And uh, that's, I think that's quite an accomplishment that we were able to do something 30 days in a row besides eating. I do too. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, hope this has been beneficial to you as we've talked about 31 things to teach your children in 31 days. And uh, man, we're just right in the middle of summer. So it's been like we started this during school. And now we're into that total life change that summer has brought about. Yeah. Do you like that change or do you not like it? I like it. I I feel like we're not in a good rhythm yet. Yeah. I feel like our schedule is kind of wacky. and The whole summer schedule is wacky. Everyone seems tired. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'll be glad when we get kind of to the point where things are normal and not all these events happening and all that have you looked at the calendar yeah i know there's not a whole lot of normal this summer it's all events all the time i guess maybe it's more like there's a week here then there's a week somewhere else then there's a week here and there's a week somewhere else and it just kind of goes that way that's how the whole summer looks yeah but just take it one day at a time it's all fun stuff though that's the great thing yeah it's well you know all fun if you use that term um, loosely. <laughs> well. Sleeping in a boy's dormitory at a church camp is not fun. But the the other events surrounding it are. Yeah, well, you can't, you just have to kind of subtract sleeping at camp yeah, cause it from the camp experience. Because it doesn't happen. Because it's not enjoyable. You yeah, you don't sleep at camp. Oh, it's so bad. But the key is fans. Get the fans going. Get the fans blowing. They make a lot of noise and they lull the kids to sleep. Yeah. Because they can't hear each other breathing and giggling. Right. There's there's nothing quite as annoying as a preteen boy who giggles like a girl. (laughs) And they all do that. And they all do it. They giggle like little girls. And and you just point it out to them and they don't don't care. They're proud of it. Like, y'all sound like little girls giggling over here. <laughs> That's all it is. It's like body odor, body noises, giggling, and you're just, you know. And then and then counselors who've had it. I'll tell you, I've had it. We're about, and then I. that's when I do my all-night prayer meeting. Yeah. Because they still, the one thing they'll respect is the Lord. <laughs> Dude, be quiet, man. They're praying. Dude. Dude, you have to shut up. He's praying. You can't talk while he's praying, dude. <laughs> shut up. Good giggling. So your your strategy, which seems to work for you, is just to pray until they, they cannot all, stay awake they any all, longer. They eventually, if they get still enough, they can't stay awake. Yeah. I mean, the way they keep themselves awake, because they're always, they're always determined to pull an all-nighter. See, you know, you don't really have that problem as much in the girls' dorm. No, girls are great. That's, I mean, girls are smarter, they're sweeter, they're cuter. Everything's better about girls. <laughs> girls, uh, I don't know, they just, when it's time to go to bed, they're kind of, they're tired. You know, they yeah. lie down and, and you know, they have their flashlights going for a while and stuff. But in the girls' dorm, there is this enormous window unit air conditioner. Mm. 
that sounds like a jet. Mm. It's so loud. And so... That's awesome. It really cuts down on a lot of the whispering and all that. Because you can't hear anything. Right. So there's that. There's a mission trip to Houston, which, you know, I'm not real big on that area of the world. I'm not going on that, so I don't count that (laughs) as part of my... I thought the deal was I wasn't going to go anywhere without you. Well, we do have these children. Yeah. And then Adelaide's going to youth camp, which we don't have to go to that. We don't have to do youth camp. That's true. And Southern Baptist Convention, we're all going with be, friends. Yeah, that's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. There's and it, and it looks like there'll be fireworks and and uh, some real unpleasantries. Yeah. So we're going to be there for that because I don't want to miss it. <laughs> Let's just go and try to be. We're going to try to be salt and light. We're going to try to be a positive influence. We're going to witness to those Baptists. Can you turn your Can you turn your lamp on? Oh yes. I can't. You need your ambiance. Yeah, I need the ambiance in the studio. Yeah. Got to have a little lamp light. Gets me, you know, in tune with my funny voices. (laughs) 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 I wonder if the girl who liked my funny voices is still listening. I wonder. if she's still out there. I don't know. She may have given up on us. She might have because we went through a drought. Remember how ever run across old people that say, instead of saying drought, they say... Drouth. They say drouth. Is that the? <laughs> is that proper? No. We're having a drouth. You know where I think that came about is the way drought is spelled. It looks like drouth. Yeah. D r o u g h t. Somebody saw that and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, transposed the letters. And, and that's what the people that say humble think about us. They're like, you know. They probably say humble because there's an H in front of it, and they don't know that you're not supposed to say the humble, the uh, It's just humble. Yeah, you're to, I've never gotten into saying it that way. Guys, I can't do I it. I just think this is a time we really need to humble ourselves before the Lord. Nobody going, nobody in Texas says that. I've heard it many times. People, humble? People humble in themselves, man. Really? That's like, to me, if you want to be really spiritual... Like, you say uh, humble. The goofballs like us say humble. And then like the real spiritual guys are like, it's humble. Well, you know, in Charlotte's Web, the animated version, mm-hmm. when she writes humble in the web, right? they don't say humble. How do you know? Because I've seen it. Oh, you've seen the movie? You're saying the movie. Yeah, the it movie. Was a book. The yeah. animated movie. Yeah, I say humble. I mean, humble. Humble yourself. I think most people say humble. Yeah. Most people say drought. Instead of drouth. Drouth. And then there's another one I was thinking of, but I can't remember what it was. Like another word that gets mispronounced besides your like usual like salmon, salmon, that kind of stuff. But like one of those, like a churchy word. Hmm. I can't remember what it was. Anyway, well, uh, this has probably been seeming to most people like a major drouth of uh, anything <laughs> intellectually stimulating. Let's get to our topic, because I haven't had supper yet, and <laughs> I'm hungry. Mama wants to eat. And I cooked ham, and it smells really good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, 31 things to teach your kids. We're on number 30. I can't even believe that. And tonight's topic is, teach your kids 
How to live a life that's set apart. Holiness. 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 Holiness is what I long for. That's what holy means. It means set apart. So, when the Lord called the Hebrews out of Egypt... Wait, don't you mean Hebrews? When the Lord called the Hebrews <laughs> out of Egypt, <laughs> Hebrews out of Egypt, he uh, he told them, you know, to be different than the people that were living in the land uh, to which they were going. So that's how we kind of understand holiness. When they got there, they weren't going to wear the same kind of clothes. They weren't going to eat the same kind of food. They weren't going to do the same kind of things. They were going to be very different. And as you have pointed out, and as I like to point out in, uh, in our teaching, when we when we go and teach people things that they need to know. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if anyone listens when I teach. Do you think they, they're hearing it? You mean when you preach? Well, yeah, teaching, preaching. I mean, what I say is, you've got a culture now that is different than the culture that 20 years ago even existed. Mm-hmm. Even 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, the further you go back, it's more obvious. But even in the 80s, there were things that were just unconscionable. I mean, in, in, in the in 99% of people's minds, certain things that are totally acceptable now would have just made us fall over either laughing or in horror or whatever. Yeah. That are just like, hey, you have a problem with that? What's wrong with you? That's how it is now. The, the culture used to be more um, the culture used to be more in line with Christian thought. I think that hurt the church. I think the reason that we see fewer conversions, the reason that we see churches plateauing and declining and losing membership is because the culture, a dependence upon the culture to make people go to church, a dependence upon the culture to make people act a certain way the culture upholding certain norms as being the standard rather than rather than the bible and yeah. and god's people have really caused uh, a great harm to the church now that that structure has been pulled out and 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 the culture and the church don't believe the same thing so now the church is is floundering a little bit because we're 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 so accustomed to to, to kind of accepting what the world accepts because we thought the world was with us. Right. And now the world's not with us anymore. So so you've got kind of a, 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 a crisis in the church because we're just so, we're so in love with the world still because that, that's our home. Mm-hmm. Rather than, you know, we're, we're much more at home in the city of man than the city of God. And we've got to you know, by God's grace, see that change. But um, where am I going with this? That's the look on your face. Is Is that if you do read your Bible and you take it seriously and you say, hey, we're going to do these things that the Bible's 
teaching us, leading us, this, this, God's word is telling us to do, then you're not only going to look different from the world, you're going to look different from most of the people in your church. Right. What do you think of that? True? I think it's absolutely true. I think we're going to see more and more separation among the church. Yeah, within the church. Yeah. Yeah. With people, you know, who are deciding that they're all in on this thing and people who are going to decide they aren't. Yeah. And I think that it's important for us to show our kids, you know what? It's okay for our family to do things in a different way because we are using a different standard and a different guideline Mm -hmm. than most families that you know. Yeah. And... It's okay if, you know, we seem a little weird, seem a little out there, seem a little fanatical. That's okay because we're not trying to please people. You know, we're trying to please the Lord. Right. And we're trusting that when he tells us to do something, that that's actually the best thing. We're not trying to punish ourselves. Right. We're actually trying to do what's best for our family. We're trying to do what's best for our community. We're t- we're the, we think if we live in this certain wacky way, which to me doesn't really seem that wacky. It doesn't seem that crazy. I know it seems very fanatic to some people. Um, but we want to be uncomfortable sheep in the church. Yeah. You know, we, we want to be people who are always growing, always being spurred on, always being led to deeper uh, walks with Jesus Christ. But... When the church has put up with and kind of made the standard a comfortable goat, you know, there's always going to be sheep and goats. There's always going to be wheats and tares. But what the overwhelming majority of Christians seem to be just sort of a comfortable, a goat who's, who's cleaned up and behave, like a behaving goat who's comfortable in the church. And when he sees a fanatic when he sees a sheep wake up and realize, oh, we're sheep. We're not goats. I'm a sheep. I'm supposed to be following the shepherd. And they see someone that, that rises up and starts to follow the shepherd. They say, oh, you, you, there's a call on your life, son. Right. You're, a, you're, you're supposed to be a minister. So what we do is we take you crazy guys that really want to follow the shepherd, and we, we make you the professional Christians, and then... The, the you're the pro, you're the pros and so that way we don't we have to say well you know we're not like them because this is they're the pros right that's a good point and then it's kind of sad if you grow up in the pros house because you're like we have to do all this crazy stuff but that ought to be the norm right the pro it should be no the 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 pastor should really be no different than 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 the people i went to speak at a mom's group and it was a very different kind of talk for me because I really felt like I needed to go and talk to them about some specifics, you know, of raising our kids in this culture. And we talked about a, a bunch of things. And I could just see on these women's faces, which this was, you know, I was speaking to women who were living in a culture that was very much, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. It was, um, you know, they were in an affluent community and it was appearances were important, you know, and as I was teaching them and we were talking through these things, they just began to, everybody got really emotional. Really? 
and I could just feel the weight on these women of, um, you know, what they were hearing, these women in the room who were Christians, what they were hearing they knew was the best way. And yet I think they were so emotional because they realized how hard it was going to be to change the direction of their families in the culture that they were a part of. Does that make sense? Mm. I think that they were just a little overwhelmed because we have been so lulled into this, oh, it's okay, it's not a big deal kind of way of living in the church in in this country, unfortunately, that whenever we're confronted with, hey, you know, there, there are, these are things that we should not be a part of. These are things that we should not tolerate. These are things that we should not say to our kids, oh, that's not a big deal. That is a big deal. That dishonors God, mm-hmm. and we can't do that. Right. We have been lulled into this thinking of, okay, it's, it's fine, it's fine. Everybody does it. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I think whenever we're really confronted with the idea that, yeah, it is a big deal, and this is not the way you live to glorify Christ, it can be... A little overwhelming when you look at your life and you think, how am I going to turn this ship around whenever we're already on this path of living kind of a nominal Christianity? Mm-hmm. How do we get radical at this point? You know, my kids are half grown. They've already got all of the things that maybe they shouldn't have at this point. Yeah. And what do I do about it? Or the way they're thinking, the, they're, they're the pattern of the thinking, what they think we're, our family is like. Yeah. It's really hard without some major sitting them down and saying, look, uh, mom and dad have to really repent to you guys. And, you know, this is the way we've decided that the Lord is leading us in our home to to um, follow him. And so we're going to change some things. And I think it has to start with us. It has to start with the parents. Mm-hmm. And it has to be a... A genuine change in us, a genuine change in desire, a genuine change in direction in our hearts. And I think that when kids see that change, they will follow. They do. Because they can see, they saw the before you and the after you. (laughs) And they can see the after you is better. Yeah. I mean, and maybe you're not a Christian. I mean, maybe, maybe you're listening to this. I mean, it's, and, and you have to go to your kids and say, you know, in the, or maybe you've just become a Christian because you've, you've thought, golly, I've never, ever thought about anything like this before. I've, I've never known Christianity to be something that was so life-encompassing. I've never thought the Word of God was this important. I never thought it was important to pray. I've never even thought about training up my kids in a certain way and having them think about holiness. Well, you know, share that with your kids. What What's amazing to me is how your kids will get excited about what you're excited about. Yeah. Even whenever Adelaide was real little, I would make a big deal out of Mineral Wells. It's a little town in Texas. And I went there for a legal, continuing legal education, like a lawyer. You have to do so many hours to keep your license. So a buddy and I drove over there and we... We just we thought it was the craziest town, and I said, "Well, that's just that Mineral Wells is just a fun town. They've got this giant old haunted hotel right in the middle of town, and um, they've got wells there that they get water out of it, and they call it crazy water. 
And so remember I would just talk about mineral wells like it was awesome, even though it really wasn't. <laughs> oh, sorry, mineral wells people, but um, – and, but it, it is awesome in yeah, its, it's own pretty, way, it's, it's but awesome. it's not like an amusement park but or anything. Remember, Adelaide was like, I really want to go to Mineral Wells. I was joking about it. And she was like, I really want, I want to go to Mineral Wells. And still, when we, they sell crazy water now in Graham, and she'll yeah. buy some. Yeah. Probably left over from thinking about crazy water when she yeah. was like four years old. Or take the Dallas Cowboys. Our kids aren't big football fans, you know. But I like to watch the Dallas Cowboys. So whenever the Cowboy games come coming on and they know the Cowboy games are coming on, they they'll watch it with me and get excited and want to watch it the next day and see if they won the game or Texas Tech basketball. You know, this year we got back in kind of watching Texas Tech. They had a pretty good little run, mm-hmm. made it to Elite Eight, and the kids got it. I mean, if they the, when your kids see that you're excited about something, they get excited about it. Yeah, uh, and it's and it's for sports. Um, it's just an illustration. But if you're excited about reading the Bible, they'll get excited about reading the Bible with you. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Now, I do think it's a little bit harder when your kids are older. Our kids are still young and impressionable. Um, kids who are older, it might be harder to turn the ship around, you know. But here is what I always say about parenting, about Christian parenting. You do not have control over your kids' decisions. Mm-hmm. You don't have control over their spiritual journey, but you can live in such a way, starting today, wherever you are, whatever stage you're at, starting today, live and teach your kids in such a way to where no matter how your child turns out, so to speak, Mm -hmm. or what path that they end up taking, you want to parent in a way where you can say, I did everything that I could do mm-hmm. to bring my child to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And you do not want to come to the later years of your life and think, man, oh man, I wish, mm-hmm. wish I would have gotten serious about it yeah. back then when I had him under my roof yeah. and I had all this influence over him. I mean, start wherever you are and then try to live in a way where you can truly say, whatever happens when I stand before God, I will know that I did all I could mm-hmm. to lead my kids to follow Jesus. Yeah, that's good stuff. So teach your kids that your life, the life in our family, I guess we're talking mainly about children that are still in the home, that we're going to look different from everybody else, and that's okay. So how how do you talk to them about when they say, well, why can't we do this? Why can't I spend the night over here? Why can't I go see this movie? Why can't we watch this on TV? Everyone else is watching it. How do you, what do you say to them? Are you asking me to answer that? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Well, I mean, you just say, I'm sorry, we're Christians, and we're not going to watch that because it doesn't honor God. Mm-hmm. Or you're not going to go over there because I don't know that family well enough, and I don't know what goes on in their house. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a no sleepovers policy, even with people we know well. But that's a whole other podcast. I think we've already done it, too. Oh, have we already talked about I think, that? I think we've talked about sleepovers, yeah. But um, re- you can read the look up. If you want to get into the, the discussion, Google Tim Chowley's sleepovers. <laughs> That'll yeah. get you right into it. But, you know, if you if you start whenever they're little... 
kind of instilling this biblical worldview and, and establishing in your family that we make decisions based on what the Lord would have us do, then by the time they're 13, they know why you aren't watching that. Mm-hmm. They understand it. They get it. Like they're, they've, they're, they're in with the program, you know, like they know what's going on and it's not surprising to them. You know, we've recently had a thing come up with, um, Adelaide's dance classes. She's kind of progressing through the levels, you know, of her dance school. And the next level is going to be a dance class that meets during the youth group on Wednesday nights. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we are all well aware that when she reaches that level that she will not be dancing with that company group anymore. And it was not in Adelaide's mind when she found that out. It was just a given yeah. that well, she would go to youth group. And that she doesn't and she wants to go to youth group. Like she knows that's more important than dancing. Yeah, I don't think it was ever yeah. a consideration in her yeah. mind, even though dancing is very important to her. She doesn't say, I dance. She says, I am a dancer. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that's how yeah. she describes herself? Yeah, I'm a dancer. Um, and, you know, that's a hard thing. It's a hard, it's been a hard thing for me to realize, you know, she's going to, she's not going to be able to advance because of that one, you know, that just that night, whenever she's going to be at church, but it's, it's well worth it. Better it's, to better, better, uh, worse for a man to gain the whole world than lose his soul, right? Exactly. Or better for a man to lo- gain the, what is it? Better what for does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Right. So, so, you know, you just say, well, you know, what's more important to her is her friends know that she's a Christian. And I think that really is what's important to her. Yeah. That's what she cares about. And she ha- has a heart for her friends that don't know Christ. And I, I think she sees that as a, a way that her witness would be severely compromised if she's, you know, considers that to be a, their chance to hear the gospel and she wants them to be there. Then she, she wants to be there with them. Right. So, and you know, there's, there are, that is not an issue at the dance school for most girls. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and so she realizes because most people don't go to church. Yeah. This isn't going to be a problem for most of the girls, but it's a problem for me Mm -hmm. because I'm a Christian and I need to be at church and that's where I want to be. And so I think that. I think that's been a good lesson for all of us and, to and say it's like we're doubling down and we're saying, okay, yeah. here's this has come up and we know what the answer is and we're going to accept that. And, and in fairness, I guess you could say there could be a, someone out there who's a believer that says, well, I don't feel con- I don't feel a conviction about that. I don't feel a conviction about my daughter having to be at every meeting. She, we go on Sunday morning and Sunday night and. I don't feel a conviction about that. I was like, okay, you don't feel a conviction about that. But as a family, we do feel a conviction about that. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, when, and I guess that's what I would say. You're like, well, how do you, how do you start? Like, where do you start in being a peculiar people? Uh, as Peter writes in the New Testament, how do you start as being uh, set apart? I think you look real hard and say, okay, Lord, um, convict me where I need to be convicted. Right. And then when you're convicted about something, quit doing it. If it's a certain way you're talking, it's a certain way you're thinking, it's a certain way you're behaving, uh, it's a way that you're leading your family, quit doing it. Mm-hmm. If that means you need to sell your boat so you can so you won't feel like you need to be on the boat instead of in church, sell your boat. Why why be on the boat every weekend and go to hell? You know, sell the boat. Yeah. Or worse, be a Christian on the boat and then that's your kids, dragging your kids to hell. It's dragging your kids to hell. So, I mean, just wake up. 
and say, Lord, where, where is it where I'm not being obedient to what I know your word tells me that I need to be doing? And I bet it doesn't take long. It doesn't ever take long in my life. If I pray a prayer like that and look to see, Lord, test me and try me and see if there's any impure thought within me, it doesn't take long to find them. Yeah. And then those are what we address and we'd be killing sin or sin be killing us. That's how always that's how always it works. Yeah. So you you've got to be a sin slayer. And man, we're saying this as two people that are sinners and I'm a really good one, um top-notch professional sinner. But if we don't if we've not made a commitment to be faithful, then we won't be faithful. I mean, you've got to say this is, it's kind of the line in the sand, even though our historian friends tell us that never happened at the Alamo. They're lying. Uh, <laughs> of course that happened at the Alamo. It's in all the movies. But there's a line in the sand, you know, and and you sort of, you, you sort of have a Joshua moment and you say, you guys do what you want. And you've got, and that's the hardest part is to say, I'm not with y'all because as for my house and me, we're going to serve the Lord. Yeah. You know, and that's the, that's the difficult thing is sort of that cutting the umbilical cord where you're, if all of your nourishment is coming from worldly things, it's very painful because that's where your significance and your security is coming from. You think you matter because you matter to the world. Let me give you, let me give you some, some advice since we're coming at the end of 30 for 31, just so you make sure you hear something that matters. I mean, the world hates you. The world doesn't love you. The world is using you. The world is using you the way that you use a trash bag and you throw it away. Okay? The world is using you only seems like it's loving you in as much as it can advance its narrative and use you to accomplish its purposes. So if you hit your wagon to the world, you are in for hurt and sorrow. And so is your family. So as a Christian, I'm saying that to you, if you do believe Jesus is Lord and you know that Jesus is Lord, if you don't believe that, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, but if you don't believe that, then, um, you know, if you don't hear his voice when I say that, then you need to pray that the Lord would open up your heart and your mind and let, and let you see these truths. But if you're a Christian, you hear me say that, you know, it's right. Yeah. A Christian, no, you hear the voice, you hear the voice of Jesus saying, if any man would follow me, let him deny himself, Mm. take up his cross and follow me. This is when we hear Jesus say that we hear the shepherd. He says, deny yourself that love you have for the world. Deny it. Take up the cross, take up the mantle of discipleship and suffering for me and follow me. Mm-hmm. And I have come not just that you'd have life, he said, but in that suffering, in that path of discipleship, there's abundant life. And that's that walking and suffering. I, I just um, saw on Facebook, there's a friend of mine in Ecuador, he's a missionary, his name is Matt Kuntz. And I just saw a Facebook text that his father passed away maybe today Mm. and his wife was putting up saying please pray for matt because matt is heading is we i just had just a moment of cell phone coverage to get a hold of him to tell him that his father had just died he was heading into the jungle to train pastors Mm. 
I mean, that's like some real Jim Elliott stuff right there, right? You're going you're going into the jungle to train pastors. Yeah. You get a phone call that your dad's just died and you need to go home at some point and go to the funeral. You've got to figure out a way to get back. And they can barely, they're always struggling to raise support to even just be there. And now you've got to get back mm. and get back down there again. I mean, this is difficult. Yeah. Okay. Well, but I guess what we're saying is Matt knows right now, even though his father's passed away and he's training these pastors in the jungle, he knows that what he's teaching his children and what he believes, you know, because he's not teaching his children things he doesn't believe. He's believing and teaching his children that this really is the, um, this is the only way. Like this is the only way any, this seems like suffering and pain and heartache, but this is abundant life because this is what matters. This is what's the most real. Right. I mean, we have to teach our kids that this is the only thing that's really important. Everything else. There's a lot of fun things you get to do in life. There's a lot of joys and pleasures. And and, it's great. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, when the rubber hits the road, the only thing that matters is Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and glorifying him. Yeah. And so don't betray your children and don't betray Jesus. Uh, there are The consequences are too grave if you do that. So you teach your kids, yeah, we're weird. Okay? We're weird people. We have weird beliefs. The world hates our beliefs. And we believe crazy things too. We believe a man came to earth. He was God in the flesh. And he lived a perfect life, and he died, and he was uh, buried, and he rose again under, under all under the reign of Pontius Pilate. We talk about the Roman stuff. We talk about the sacrifices. We believe that book right there is God's very word. We believe nutty things, but and it sets us apart. But look at how we have meaning and purpose and true friendships and true relationships that are deeper than anything the world has to offer. Yeah. You know, and we know... And there is, and even in the hardship, all the hardships of life, but also in the hardship of just trying to live out this faith, there is a peace Mm -hmm. that you cannot find. Guys, just look at your Facebook newsfeed and look at how many people are lacking peace. They have no peace, no security, no joy. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and I, and I try to curate the hate. You know, it's my thing. Yeah, I know. It's my catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I need to. I need to probably trademark that. But I try to curate the hate. And so, if I see someone that's got one of those toxic feeds, I hide them. Yeah. They don't know they're hidden. But they are. I don't see your hate. And <laughs> and so I see. You know, or hear people complain about their Facebook. Like, my Facebook is so negative. Mine's pretty positive. It's like people that really are loving the Lord. And, you know, every now and then somebody puts something up there stupid and I give them another chance and then I hide them. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I just see. I wonder how many people have hidden you. That's the question. Oh, gosh. I always feel like people have hidden me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I bet they haven't. You're pretty, you're, you're, you're quite pleasant, but some people get tired of seeing pictures of our kids. Probably. Yeah, that's probably the truth. But anyway, this has been a good podcast. Tomorrow's the last one. So I think I think I know what the topic is, but I don't want to give it away. Yeah. So let's, uh, 31 for 31, join us uh, tomorrow night. 
or you know how most people, you know how I do podcasts. I just catch up on them. That's, I think, how, that's how people have had to do this because nobody can listen every single day. Not even your mom, probably. No, my mom is a couple behind right now. Okay, so you, yeah. even she's behind. And my dad's way back on, like, number 20 or something. I don't think your dad listens to this. <laughs> he does. He's just a little behind. <laughs> He's on 20? <laughs> yeah. Is this, like, episode 79? Something like that? No, he's on number 20. Oh, of, of the, 31 for yeah, 31. Yeah, 31 things. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's good for him. <laughs> I'm glad he listens. Uh, so I, I appreciate the support. Yeah. For your little girl. All right, let's go eat. I'm hungry. We're gonna, what are we having tonight, Grandpa? Ham and salad and all that's good. <laughs> Washed down with mango Diet Coke. <laughs> Yum, yum, yum. Was it yummy or yum, yum? Yum, yum. Yum, yum. Is that it? I don't remember. I don't know. All right. That's a hee-haw reference in case yeah. y'all didn't know. Nobody <laughs> knew what we were talking about. All right. We will see y'all tomorrow. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye.